to episode number four of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers. And this week, I'm excited to have as my guest a Tesla enthusiast. Kim Wagner travels and camps all over in her Tesla, and she's come on board to tell us all about it and what makes camping in your electric vehicle such a great experience. I am so excited today to be sitting here and talking with Kim Wagner. Um, A little background about me and Kim. Kim and I met when we both worked together at Airbnb. Hi, Kim. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so I'm from the the suburbs of Chicago, Northwest. I grew up in a town called Lake Zurich and I had no camping experience. I think I maybe had like, I have a memory of my dad sending up like a big tent in our backyard when we were kids and just Mm -hmm. hang out in it. But when we took vacations, we would go either to Disney world or skiing in Colorado. So we were not a camping family. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I think the first time I actually camped wasn't until I was in college and I joined sort of our outdoor adventures group and, Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, it was actually on a two day kayaking trip and we were kayaking down rivers in Iowa and we pulled off onto a sandbar in the evening and just pitched tents and made tacos and camped there. And I was hooked. Like, okay, I'm going to buy all this stuff. <laughs> and you know, once you're hooked on camping, you have a lot to invest in. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff to buy. Yeah. There is. Yes. Thankfully in college though, it was like this awesome program. And like you booked an experience and they had everything for you. So like the next, I went on a caving trip to this mm-hmm. cave in Iowa called Makokata Caves and we like went spelunking and then camped in the woods and it was great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Cool. And so you got hooked. So then was camping something you regularly did when you were in college and after college and um, I did it a couple of times in college with that experience. I came to Oregon on an exchange program at the university of Oregon and the outdoor ex- like experience here is j- there's just so much to do. Like if you don't camp, it's, it's like weird. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. here camps. Um, and it's so accessible here because I can drive 20 minutes and be at a campsite. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's just so much to see and so much nature here. So I've, I've stocked up on my supplies and gone on a couple just quick overnight trips, um, but didn't really get into long road trips and destination camping until I got my Tesla. Awesome. So um, this is a, this is a podcast for solo women campers Mm -hmm. and RVers. So do you remember your first solo camping trip? Yeah, definitely. Um, So actually it was last summer. And so I got the Tesla in 2018 and that was the first model year for the Tesla model three. Um, which is like their entry price point, their sedan car, just a five seater. Um, And that car, I charge it in my garage off a regular three prong outlet. So a lot of, I think that's the biggest fear for a lot of people in getting into electric vehicles is how am I going to charge it? Mm. Cost. Um, And it's a great setup. It, you know, gets me all the juice I need. And then Tesla has a network called supercharger superchargers. You've probably seen them in like target parking lots or something like that. Yeah. And they had been building out this network of superchargers all across, not just the United States, but the world. And now you can't be less than 200 miles from a supercharger. So it's basically possible to drive a Tesla on a long road trip and not worry that you're gonna not be able to charge. So um, my first trip was last summer, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, I got laid off from my job. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
So your first solo trip was also your first big major trip. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I have traveled solo. I have always really loved my independence and being able to do things on my own. I actually remember getting my driver's license when I was 16 and sitting in my mom's minivan driving and just feeling like the freedom yeah. of being on, on my own and like having the power to drive myself somewhere. So it's been a long time of me <laughs> wanting to do things on my own. Yeah. Uh, freedom is such a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it scares people because I'm so independent that I'm like, no, I'm just going to go on my own. Like I, I go to movies by myself. I go to dinner by myself. I've traveled to Hawaii. My favorite place is Kauai um, by myself. And um, I've traveled to Asia and Europe. Um, so going on a solo road trip didn't seem like that big of a stretch. I was like, oh, I'll have my car. I'll have all my own comforts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I got laid off from my job, which was the biggest blessing in disguise ever. I was so sad when it happened, more for the loss of like my community of people, you know, everybody we worked with is so mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, but it gave me the time to like figure out what I wanted to do and take some time to take a break. And I took a 15 day road trip across 11 states, I think. So I started in Portland. Uh-huh. And destination was to go back to home in the Chicago suburbs, just to see my family and stop along the way, see my brother, my sister-in-law, my nephews. And that's a long route. So I figured I'll take one way going there and a different way coming back so I can mm-hmm. see much. Cause I've done that drive to move out here with all my stuff, but I hadn't, you know, stopped and seen everything. And you pass like 20 national parks on that route. Yeah, there's a lot to see. Yeah. So um, I did some YouTube research as we tend to do mm-hmm. these days and learned about car camping. So, and not just the throw a tent behind your car, cause that's also an awesome way to go. And mm-hmm. if it was nicer weather, <laughs> I might've done that. What, what time of year was it that you took this trip? It's funny that I say nice weather, but it was June. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when could it be nicer? <laughs> it was also in the middle of COVID. It was in the middle of COVID. So I got some questions from other road trippers about like, well, where'd you go to the bathroom? What was the situation like? And yeah, it was a weird year for that. So I was ready for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I packed my car with, um, I laid my back seats down and I had a three inch mattress that like rolled up, got it on Amazon. I brought my bedding, just regular old sheets and pillows and stuff from my bed. So it was very cozy mm-hmm. and that fit perfectly in the backseat of my car. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then I thought like, okay, I'll add some of the, the elements of camping and leave some, some glamping elements. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Let's hear about those. <laughs> so I brought my jet boil, which is one of my favorite things. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, you can boil water really quick and make, you know, the dehydrated meals, you know, this, but I like, um, one of my favorite things is, um, white coffee from Singapore it's called Kopi. Uh-huh. Um, and it comes in a powdered form if you get it from the Asian supermarket. So I'll bring my um, jet boil, a couple gallons of water in my backseat because I'm just drinking water and coffee all day long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'll make that in my campsite in the morning. Um, and I'll bring my Jackery and a solar panel to keep that charged up just in case. But um, that's good for extra power, even though the car is like one giant battery anyway. Well, I was going to, I was, I mean, I want to jump ahead here because I don't hear about this trip, but since you bring up the solar panel and the Jackery, I wanted to know for, can you charge your Tesla from a Jackery and a solar panel? Yeah. So that was initially how I got into looking at which Jackery I wanted to buy was if I can charge my car at home off a regular one temple outlet, 
can I plug it into a Jackery? <laughs> so I'm going to stop for a second in case people don't know what a Jackery is. Yeah. A Jackery is essentially like a lithium battery, correct? That is charged by, it's many ways to get charged, but one of the ways it can be charged is through solar panels, which you can attach to it. So continue. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, it's essentially just one really big power bank. You know, you carry around those like USB power banks, to keep your phone going. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So giant version of that. Um, so I did some research and the answer is yes, but only for like a couple miles of range. Oh, okay. <laughs> we wouldn't get the results I wanted. <laughs> gotcha. So, so in case of emergency, yeah. In case of emergency, call Tesla roadside service. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't plan on using your Jackery. No. But you yeah. used your Jackery for other things, right? Yeah. So I had like fairy lights that I plugged into it that I thought were adorable. Okay. <laughs> Inside. And it was sort of just like my backup for, you know, I, I am an emergency prepper. I'm ready for anything. Okay. But at home and the power went out this summer on like one of the hottest days and I had a fan plugged into it. So it's just a nice to have and kind of backup thing in case like I really feel desperate, but for charging the car, probably not the best solution. And my my answer to that was the same thing I had when I would drive an, um, um, an ICE vehicle. That's what electric vehicles call. <laughs> ICE, not like immigration no, ICE. internal combustion engine. <laughs> oh, that's what you call us. Okay, yeah. us old schoolers, gotcha. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so like my solution when I drove a regular car was to never go below a quarter tank. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my electric is that I don't even come close to letting my range hit the yellow because okay. the battery on my screen will show it's in the green and then it's in the yellow. In the red. So. Okay. <laughs> Same way we, we uh, scrounge around for places to plug our cell phones in when we're traveling, yeah. right? We used to have apps, right? That would say like, where's the closest gas station? My car actually has LTE connectivity in it. And I can just tap this little like lightning icon and it'll direct me to the nearest power source. So it is pretty good and pretty smart in that way. Cause it'll say like how much juice I'll have left by the time I get there and like how fast I'll charge. So it's very nice. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Very cool. In case you were um, concerned or didn't think Teslas were nice. <laughs> say that again. I said, in case you were concerned or didn't think that Teslas were nice, they are, I, I can assure you they are. Oh no. I know that Teslas are nice. <laughs> Teslas have a big fan club for sure. You do. It's a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, so tell me, uh, let's back up for a minute. Um, and, and tell me, um, about your camping setup, like okay. what, so you're not camping in a tent, you're actually camping in your car, right? Yes. I sleep in the car itself. So I was telling you about my first trip that I took and I planned a route to go from Portland to the Chicago area and back. And on my way out, I basically stopped at, you know, popular campsites that would have electrical hookups and I booked them in advance online. Okay. Um, I wanted ones that were, would be busy, <laughs> would be full so that there would be a lot of people there. I wouldn't be like very much alone or vulnerable in any way. Um, and I will check in. I like to check in before it gets dark because I don't want to be rolling up to a place in the dark and not have a clear understanding of my surroundings. So just one measure of self-preservation. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the first night I actually stayed at this really cool campsite at these hot springs in Utah called Crystal Springs. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And like, they weren't like the natural pool hot springs. They were, they built like swimming pools for them where it was piped into the pool. Uh -huh. 
still had like that um, awesome mineral smell and like you paid a fee for the, the parks rec and then you got to go swimming in these pools and then the campsite was like right up the hill it was really really cool wow that sounds great yeah um so i'll like check into my campsite speaking of glamping i love campsites that have like full bathrooms and showers <laughs> um i'm not one for sleeping in my own filth so <laughs> oh well and you um because you don't have it i mean like with my rv i have I have oh, a place where I can clean up and use the toilet and all that. None of that. You're just no, in yeah. your car. So yeah, yes, so of course you want. All breaks had to be planned. They have to be destinations. So yes. <laughs> and especially, I guess, during COVID, you had to even plan more thoughtfully. Yes. I brought a go girl just in case. Oh yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, I, I was ready to rough it if need be, but it turned out even during COVID, during the summer, like gas station bathrooms were open and like sometimes like fast foods it depended on the state but for the most part they were open um and distanced which was good yeah okay yeah um so i would get to my campsite i would you know shower um and then i would like stop beforehand and have my meal or i'd have my cooler full of snacks so i could have dinner in the car um i'd have my my bed would just be laid down the whole time so i didn't really have to do much to set it up um, but I have this thing called a test mat, which is um, T-E-S-M-A-T, which is a skirt essentially that goes around the inside of the car so that it blocks out all the windows. People can't see in. I can't, the, the light can't get in, which is really, really nice. And it okay. like connects to my windshield and to the back windshield. So, so it, it actually turns your Tesla into a tent. Exactly. Um, very cool. Leave open the roof which is all glass so I can still see the stars at night which is very great um, awesome yeah and then the car in the front seat um, the drive panel which is you know a dashboard in most cars is essentially like a 15 inch iPad mm -hmm. and you can watch because it has connectivity you can watch Netflix Hulu YouTube whatever you want on there it's it's preset so I just have a little movie night crawl into my bed and then call it a night. And the car itself, because it's electric, there's no emissions. I don't have to worry about poisoning myself with any carbon monoxide. So I can run what is called Tesla camp mode. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially a um, climate control feature, <laughs> which keeps the car locked and secured. So it turns on the security system for the car. So if anyone approaches it or tries to get in it, it would turn on like an alarm. But it also keeps the climate running at whatever temperature I want. So keeps it nice and cool in the summer, or keeps it warm in winter. And yeah, it's just all around an excellent feature. <laughs> like that's very cool. Is that a feature that you can use if you didn't have a plug-in? Yeah. So you can run that even if you're not plugged in and the car will stop running it when your battery is at 20%. So it protects the car from running out of battery when you get there, but it also would allow you to keep it running like that. There's a similar function called dog mode. Mm -hmm. So that you can leave your dog in the car <laughs> and keep the AC running so that they're safe. I've heard about that. And there's like a big sign that comes up to alert people yeah. that your dog is actually in a, in a safe environment. That's yeah. pretty cool. My owner will be back soon. Current yeah. temperature and they'll tell the temperature. <laughs> so I'm curious when you were out camping, did you get a lot of attention from people? Yes and no. The The funny thing was I would book really popular campsites, so they'd all be full. And every now and then, like, there'd be, you know, a group of kids. It's like, oh, it's a Tesla. That's so cool. It's a Tesla. Um, that always made me feel really uh -huh. <laughs> Um, Or the, the, the camp hosts, like the campsite managers would be confused. They would be like, oh, you, you booked an RV site. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to plug into your tier 50 amp um, plug. And they're like, but 
not an RV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, so I'd show them like my plug setup and everything. I'd show them how much amperage it was drawing and they'd be like, oh, okay, I guess that works. <laughs> um, and one of the cool things about the Tesla supercharger network is, you know, you're stopping every couple hundred miles along the way to charge up. It takes about 20, 30 minutes to get you all the juice you need. And all Tesla owners love talking. Oh, sure they do. <laughs> so they'll be out of their car, you know, they'll be washing their windshields and talking to each other about their, you know, when they got it and where they're going. So it's, it's like a cool, it's like a car club. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, so that was one of the questions I was going to ask you actually later on is, um, is there like Tesla community groups? Do you get together and go camping or do things like that? Or is that not a thing? That's a cool idea that, to go camping. Yes, there's a group. So when I first got my car, I had so many questions. It was so new. I joined a Facebook group called um, Test, uh, the Portland Tesla Owners Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like an actual like <laughs> sanctioned group by Tesla. They like recognize us as a group. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Tesla owners Northwest, Tesla owners Portland. And um, we would have meetups and they would be at like sponsored events. So like uh, a detailing company or um, um, a body works company would like host the event at like their shop and you would just go and there'd be dozens of Teslas parked and the 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 vanity plates always crack me up because people will have like lol gas and uh. <laughs> <laughs> or like my model three like you know the vanity plates are funny do, um, and do you have a vanity plate I do not okay <laughs> I can't justify spending that money on it okay <laughs> yeah um and like they would do raffles for, you know, free window tinting and like I got a key fob holder and I have like a little placard that says charging will be back at X time. So like you can leave it if your car is parked at a charger. Oh, nice. Know when you'll be back so they can use it. So, okay. you know, it's fun to like learn from people. And like I, I locked myself out of my car on my road trip when I was at a charging station um, in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> I can, I can tell you how I got out of that, but, um, I shared that story about what happened and like how to avoid it with the the owners group. And there's a lot of encouraging posts of like, yep, I definitely did this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When, um, growing up in the Midwest road tripping is like a way of life. So like just a five hour drive doesn't seem like that much. So I would do like 12 to 14 hours driving in a single day on this trip. So I stopped in Utah. Where did I stop next? Maybe Iowa. No, Nebraska. Okay. Then Iowa. Then, um, so you were just driving all day and were you only spending one night in each location? Yeah. Just to sort of make it to my next stop. I think I stayed, I stayed one night with my brother. That's right. A couple of nights with my parents in Chicago. I really did only one night in each spot. Okay. <laughs> but I would, um, on my way back, I actually planned a lot more adventure type stuff. So, um, I stopped in South Dakota and then the next day I hit Yellowstone. So I made it to Yellowstone so I could do some hiking. And then I was going to camp just outside the park at like a, a KOA or something like that. Mm-hmm. The camp was the sites at the, um, at the park were already booked. So right. I know it's busy this summer. It was busy last summer. So people are finally getting out of their house. Um, and yeah, I would like try to wake up and try like a local diner for breakfast and, um, yeah, it was a really good trip. And I got to finally actually see Yellowstone. I got a America's a Beautiful Pass. So I could go to any. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's a cool. And um, do you, so when you're, when you are camping, are you mostly eating out at restaurants or are you cooking at your campsite? Aside from um, your special yeah. white coffee. 
Yeah, my white coffee. I'm mostly, I, I pack like a really great cooler bag with a lot of just like dry food. So like snacks, crackers, like granola bars. So I don't have to stop for like three meals a day. Like sometimes I'll think like, oh, I'll just have a good breakfast today and then I'll snack on the road. Or like I've heard about this place and I want to get dinner there. So I try to plan like one meal a day that's not out of a cooler bag. <laughs> okay. Um, but I didn't do much. I don't do much cooking uh, on these road trips. Um, just the, yeah, just the jet boil and the coffee. So just curious about how much space you have in the car once you get your bed all, I mean, I'm assuming you're driving with the bed set up the whole time. Yep. And so how much space do you actually have for things like a backpack yeah. and clothes and hiking shoes and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Another one of my favorite things. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tesla's have no engine and their motors are small. It's like, it's like the size of well, like two jet boils, really. They're like two canister motors mm. and they're underneath the, the seats. So basically the trunk is all space. So I have my bed laying down, but there's a false trunk underneath that. So I can lift up the bottom of the mattress and there's like a cooler sized space for storage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is where I keep like my emergency kit and stuff that I don't need a ton of access to, but I keep it down there. And then where the seats are laid down, you can still access like the foot area of the back seat. So I'll keep my coolers back there, my water, some of the bigger things. Uh, I've got all of my passenger seats and traveling alone. So nobody's got to sit there. So I usually keep my like clothes and backpack and stuff up there. Um, but there's also a thing called a frunk. A frunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is the front trunk. <laughs> All right. Like the old Volkswagens had. Yes, exactly. So since there's no engine, that front part is really just for show and you pop it open and there's a whole another cooler sized area and I'll keep like my hiking gear and like stuff I want to throw on my feet or my towels, all that stuff. I keep that up front. That's great. Oh, how fun. Awesome. (laughs) So do you want to tell me anything more about that trip of yours that you took the big long trip things maybe that, um, that you learned, uh, that, could be advice for somebody who's thinking about doing a similar thing. Yeah, definitely book your campsites in advance. Okay. Um, I, That's for everybody. It doesn't matter what you're traveling in. Yeah. Well, I, cause I, I was so ready and I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call this on the way. And, um, the campsite I wanted to stay at in South Dakota, there was a flash thunderstorm and like a tornado came through and like pulled up trees. And I called the campsite host and he was like, yeah, we're canceling all reservations for tonight. Oh, um, so I just had to last minute get a get a hotel right near the Corn Palace. Um, oh, how fun! <laughs> Explain yeah. what the Corn Palace is if people don't know. Yeah, the Corn Palace is probably what you're expecting. It is a like convention center size building dedicated to corn, um, and there are murals made out of corn kernels and corn themed gifts and you, the corn pool. Which, if you're not from the Midwest, you've probably not experienced this, but like at most country fairs or like, you know, farmer's markets, you can swim in a corn pool. It's like dried corn kernels in a pool. (laughs) That doesn't sound COVID safe. No. (laughs) Kids love it. It's like a sandbox, but corn. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) So weird. Um, Yeah. The corn palace, it's worth a visit. (laughs) Yeah. All those kinds of little things. So that was one of the things I was going to ask you about is um, like when you do plan your trip, what kinds of things you look for to stop and see And if there's any particular apps or, you know, how you find those kinds of things that you want to look for. Um, I've got a couple apps. I think the apps are really useful for finding a campsite and for reading reviews about the campsite. So I I 
on this last trip I took, I used the dirt D Y R T. Big fan of the dirt. Yeah. They've got good separate site reviews, but also like in a pinch, if you're like, I might need to like find a parking lot to camp in, or I'm like tired and all this jazz. There's this one called RV parky. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah. I have RV parky. Oh yeah. And you know, you can just put your filters in. Like I want to shower. I want to be able to park my car. And it'll tell you like all the locations that fit. And it might be like a Walmart parking lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, it also has campsites. So it's, that's pretty good for all the various needs you have when it comes to like, what do I want to see and do? I can usually crowdsource that from people I trust. Okay. Um, And I ask, you know, I think I ask you like, where should I stop on my way back? Cause this, this summer I did another road trip because I knew I wanted to go again. And I had so much fun on my Chicago and back trip that I was like, well, I'm going to do Northern California this year. Yeah. (laughs) And I asked a bunch of people, you know, what do I have to see? And I knew I wanted to see the Redwood forests. I had never been there. Um, did you drive your Tesla through the Redwood tree? Yes. That's what I actually, I, I I was like, well, I want to drive through a tree, but I don't know which one. And when you ask people will tell you the chandelier tree in legit or like, okay. Um, but that one was so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and like, the photo op and you know the experience of it and that tree is enormous and when you're driving through the redwood forest it's just shocking and my car can drive itself so it gives me an opportunity to like look around a little bit without steer myself off the road (laughs) very cool yeah um yeah and that's how I ended up staying in Lapine was like a new cafe you'd be park yeah because I was gonna be there so what what other kinds of things do you like to do when you're out when you're out traveling Um, I like quick little hikes on really (laughs) well-developed areas. So like nothing off the beaten path. Um, Mm -hmm. This last trip, so I did that, the Redwoods, and then I stayed one night in Crescent City. Um, And then I drove clear across California and went to Tahoe the next night. Oh, fun. (laughs) Um, And I stayed there. I actually stayed in a hotel because there's so much good inventory in like Tahoe. And Mm. I like, it was like almost the same price to book a campsite as it was to book a hotel. <laughs> um, so I decided to just, you know, stay in a, in a real bed that night. And nice. uh, first thing in the morning, I woke up and did a, a really cool hike, um, that like was right on the state line of California, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And it was called the state line lookout and it climbed a good elevation saw over the lake. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. And like doing that, it was like a nice paved hike, very well known. <laughs> okay. Coming so and now when you say you like to do well-known, um, hikes that are, that are not too remote, is that for safety reasons? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been, like I said, independent and love to do things on my own my whole life, but very cautious still very prepared. I, I always share my location with it on my cell phone with someone. So this past trip, I shared it with my dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> follow me around in case I wasn't answering my phone for some reason. Um, I bring like a, a pepper spray or a bear mace or something with me, um, especially if it's dark. So like if I need to use a rest stop or something and it's not quite light out yet, I'll always bring that with me. Uh, I think that, that with safety, it's like the biggest thing is just like always be aware of where you are and your surroundings and what, what the risks are and you'll be fine. Yeah. Don't don't put yourself in a position that (laughs) you'd be afraid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So anything else you want to tell me about that West coast trip, some other highlights? Oh yeah. So after Tahoe, um, 
there, there was a lot of up and down mountains on that one. Cause you know, I went up to up the mountains to go to Lake Tahoe. So that's the Sierras. Right. So, and then I came mm. down the mountains to charge and then came back up the mountains to go to Mount, uh, to Lassen volcanic national park, which was a recommendation from a friend. And it was amazing. It's, oh. it was sort of just a drive through. I was, I was going to do maybe a little hike, but there was still so much snowpack. Cause I went in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but this place, like the, because the snow was melting off, it was hitting these like volcanic vents and it's just bubbling up like mud in a cauldron. You can see it like right in front of you. I'm surprised more people don't lose an arm. Wow. <laughs> you can reach out and touch it. Um, and it's, you know, smelled like sulfur. So I'm, I'm a big fan of all of that kind of stuff. So it was really cool to be able to see it. And then you just, it, it was like kind of, um, there was two entrances, a South and North. So I came in the South entrance, just drove the whole 30 miles of the park came down and there was a, a KOA, a campground, like two miles outside the park that I stayed at that night. So oh, cool. That's great. Yeah, very cool. Um, so this, I have a question then, um, how far can you drive mm-hmm. before you need to stop for a charge? My car's listed range is 310 miles. So that's, if I was going flat at a consistent speed, it could probably go 310 miles, which is how many hours of driving six hours of driving yeah about that but like i said i never let it go below quarter tank <laughs> correct yeah so, so one of the things you talked about with your rv parky um, app is that it will direct you to things like walmart's and that mm-hmm. kind of place have you ever spent a night in a place that wasn't like a campground like a walmart or a um no but <laughs> just just a couple weeks ago my friend got married and um, I knew I was going to be there for the party and it was in wine country and, you know, there was a bed and breakfast on site, but I hadn't, the, it was like the bridal party was staying there. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I could just sleep in my car. If anybody yeah. there. And I just packed the car bed and put up my, put up my privacy screen and had a safe night in. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, a lot of us who own RVs and vans, we name them. Do you have a name for your Tesla? Oh, I do. I have like a first middle. <laughs> oh, a full name. Okay. Yeah, let's so hear it. The, the car's full name is Riley Graywind Wagner. So <laughs> she was given my last name. It is a girl. Um, <laughs> um, and Riley, because I wanted it to be like the life of Riley, because we're just going to go out and have a grand old time together. Um, and then Graywind is actually... <laughs> Game of Thrones reference. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's um, the car is gray, um, and a lot of cars get named after the color they are, right? So, Greywind was Rob Stark's direwolf. So, um, I thought that that was a good a good fit. Uh, I know you said you were a big planner. Mm-hmm. So, tell us what you know when you're getting ready to go on a trip. Yeah. How do you plan aside from asking friends and family like what's what's good? Yeah. What else do you do? Usually, I'll know. I'll like fixate on one thing or destination I really want to do. So on my first road trip, it was, I got to go to Yellowstone and mm. anything along the way, I'll figure out how it fits in there. Um, and then this past one was like, I'm definitely going to Tahoe. I definitely want to see the Redwoods and I'll work all the other stuff in there. Um, so I'll, I'll open up like my notes app on my computer and I'll start typing in places and then I'll start looking up, you know, like campsites that are nearby reviews for them. Um, I'll, like you said, like crowdsourcing. Yes, obviously I'll ask people, here's where I'm going to be. And like, I'll send out my map to people, like text it to friends and be like, here's my road trip plan. What do you, what do you think of it? Where would you go? Mm. Um, 
That's a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I just use like Google maps. So I'll plug in all the different destinations along the way. So you can see like the route it takes me on. And I, you know, I was really excited. I think the first, one of the first stops I made in, um, Oregon, I hit the coast range in Coos Bay and I'd never been there. And I was like, Oh, like there's probably some good lookouts here. And sure enough, I I like looked up like 101 road trip and there were lots of people with blog posts about like where you got to stop and I looked at the the natural bridges in Oregon which was yeah really cool oh very cool yeah did I ask this already what do you think makes a Tesla a good vehicle for a solo woman camper I mean they are they get a lot of hate because They're expensive. Elon's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fandom around it, but they're so safe. These cars are essentially just one giant crunch zone because they're just a big battery on wheels. They're really heavy. Um, so like in crash tests, they've got like great ratings. Obviously, I've, I haven't been in a crash and yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not. Um, but like I it feels so high tech and controlled for my phone. There's this sense of security that I get with it. I can lock it, check if, you know, I could check the cameras at any point on it and just see if anybody's been approaching the car. Um, and I get alerts on my phone from it. So if I'm away from it, if it's like, you know, the trunk has been left open, anything like that, you know, I feel really safe about it working. But actually, if you ever go out of range, because the car uses Bluetooth for connecting to the key, which is your phone, it also has a key card, like a credit card that uses an RFID signal. Uh, Both of those are radio frequencies, right? Um, So I was out of range. (laughs) I plugged the car into charge and I left the key card in the car and shut the door. And then I get back to my car and my um, app is saying lost connection. And the car is on the screen saying tap key card for entry. Oh no. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I think I just locked myself out. Um, And I called Tesla roadside assistance and normally they can. Well, how do you call them when you don't have cell signal? Um, I went inside there. I was at a, like a gas station. Oh, okay. At a gas station. I went inside and they had Wi-Fi. Um, And I called Tesla roadside assistance and normally they can remotely unlock the car, but they were like, you are in a dead zone. I'm like, how is a supercharger in a dead zone? What? Wow. Yeah. I had, I like tried everything, uninstalled my app, reinstalled it, all that stuff. And I, they had to like send someone out to like classically break into the car. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Was that your Iowa story? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought you said it's connected with Bluetooth. So with Bluetooth, you wouldn't need a cell signal. You, I, you know, I thought that too. <laughs> I was trying to get someone to explain this to me and trying to like find the answer online. But basically it was like, I had lost the connection to the car and the car was off. So it's like, if you've got a Bluetooth speaker and you've like, you you were oh. connected to it, but then you turned it off. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Somehow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the things we learn, you know, um, in RVing, all, things go wrong as well. So I can imagine just, you yeah. just, you can get through it, you know? Yeah. And it was good to, because I wasn't stressed about my timeline, I was close enough to family. I was, you know, I, I wasn't worried about anywhere I was going, being too far out of the way for help. So, yeah. yeah. And you're at a gas station. So sounds <laughs> like pizza shop inside. And there was this cute little garden. Oh, <laughs> you were all set. You had your wallet on you. You could buy mm-hmm. food and yeah, mm-hmm. good. At Apple pay at least. My phone. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. I'm excited for when they start making the electric RVs. Oh yeah. I actually have a dream and I have an order in for the Tesla Cybertruck, which I don't know if you saw the prototype for it, but it's like a stainless no. steel truck of the future. It looks like it's meant, it, it actually, the, the idea for the design came from a video game, came from cyberpunk. Okay. And so the cyber truck, it's like a pickup truck um, with sort of a futuristic design. It's metal. Wow. <laughs> and um, there's this company out there called Cyberlander that's got a design and prototype for an RV that is built into the back. So like old school pop-up RVs type. Yeah, yeah. But this is off-grid, fully chargeable, like charges the car and the, the unit. So it folds into the truck bed and then it like raises up so that it's got, you know, standable space, shower and toilet, bed that folds down. That's otherwise a desk space, TV. <laughs> what? And um, satellite link with SpaceX or Tesla's um, internet, satellite internet. Um, oh, the Starlink. Yeah. And then the roof is solar panels. So this thing is like, essentially, it turns your cyber truck into a fully off-grid RV. And wow. I need to Google that and check yes. that out. That sounds really, really fun. Yeah. So I'm thinking by 2030, I'll get one of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. So I want to wrap up with, uh, with my final question, which is a question that I ask everybody, Kim, which is what is solo travel or solo camping taught you about yourself? I, you have a lot of time to think <laughs> you have a lot of time alone with yourself, which I think is good because you have to like yourself to, to want to be alone. Like, I think it's great exercise for people to, to not have to be with people. And I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from other people. It's one of the great things about traveling alone is that I can just strike up a conversation with anyone yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but like being alone, like you have to be able to be on the road for eight hours and, and not go crazy. So like, yeah, Sure. Get your podcasts, get your audiobooks, get your playlists. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, enjoy spending time with yourself or at least learn how to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good lesson right there for sure. Where's next? So I was thinking I wanted to go to Leavenworth um, for like the winter though. So like, oh yeah. Yeah. So up in Washington to see like the Alpine village and the Christmas lights um, and there's superchargers there. So I'm like winter camping in a car. We'll see what that's like. Yeah. So I want to do Washington. And if, when Canada opens their borders, I think in something um, in the, it probably have to be summer though. Cause they get real snow up there. Like the Banff um, oh. with Suquamish where they've got that big gondola. I forget what it's called. Otherwise this summer, I feel like all of the national parks are booked. They're crowded as heck. So <laughs> I'll just be patient for the U S national parks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've still never done Bryce Canyon or Zion and they've had a crazy summer there. So yeah. Well, flash flooding and all kinds okay. of stuff. stuff is nuts. And there's the fires out here this way. So yeah. just got to be careful what you plan or you go, but that's the thing. And when you, when you're traveling, you can pivot and go somewhere else. Exactly. Especially if you're going to a place where there's a lot to do, it's like, Oh, well, this one thing didn't work out. So I'm just going to do that thing. Well, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of travels with squeaky. It was such a delight to talk with Kim and get all of her input and information about camping in a Tesla. Now this post was not sponsored at all, but 
Hey, if Elon Musk, if you're listening and want to send a few dollars our way, we will not turn it away. Anyway, a few takeaways from Kim. Number one, enjoy the freedom of solo travel. That's what got her into it in the first place and what keeps her going. And number two, don't go below a quarter of a tank if you are driving a car or if you are traveling with an electric vehicle. And number three was all of Kim's uh, safety tips, which I called from different parts of the interview. Number one, book in advance, uh, stay in busy campgrounds, arrive before dark, share your location with someone else. And when you're hiking, do some well-known and well-traveled hikes. And then finally, Kim's great tools for planning. Uh, She talked about the dirt, Google Maps, and RV Parky. I learned a lot today from Kim, and I am really looking forward to the time when there are more electric vehicles out on the road. And it looks like it's not too far in the distant future where we will have a fully electric RV to travel in. So um, as always, thank you so much for listening to Travels with Squeaky. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with anyone who you think might be interested in content for solo women RVers, campers and travelers. Have a great week and we will see you again next week or out on the road. (laughs) 